Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> we're happy to be here again. Um, as always, mm -hmm. we're happy that you've joined us for another conversation. Thank you for coming back. Yep. I'm Tanya. And I'm Erica. And this is our podcast, another episode, Why Is This So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. Yes. And in this podcast, what we really try to do is just consider and analyze and discuss those issues that prevent us from being socially just as a society and free. Mm -hmm. And we also really challenge ourselves to be the change that we want to see. Right. And we want to challenge you to do the same thing that we're doing. So today our topic, Black teachers matter. Yes, they do. Yes. So let me ask you a question, Erica. Yes. Tanya. How, many, how <laughs> many black teachers did you have? as a student uh, growing up? So growing up, so from K to 12, I had two. Okay. I had my sixth grade teacher. She was really important because my, we were in private school and we were transitioning out of private school into public school. And she was the teacher that I had. And mm -hmm. she, she really helped me with that transition. And I, mm -hmm. I think I took for granted that it would even as at 12 years old, I didn't even know the, what transition was, but she really, she really helped me. And then I had Miss McAway. She was my uh, eighth grade English teacher. Oh, I had one more teacher in Willowboro High School. There was a black history class and that was Mr. Belford. So I had three teachers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So for me, my kindergarten and first grade teachers were both Which black women. Which I think women. is amazing. It was because it made me love school. Yeah. Like they just, like they were the cat's meow. <laughs> um, and then I remember, I believe one of my fifth grade teachers was black. Um, I honestly cannot remember middle school. Just. <laughs> for whatever reason, I just can't remember. Like, mm -hmm. I remember a couple of teachers, but they weren't black teachers. So I don't remember how many Middle black teachers. Tough I years. did have, there was one, there was one because she was also our youth leader at church. Oh, okay. Um, and so, you know, and she had, she was really, uh, she had a really strong personality and a major influence on a lot of the young people. And we, we had a lot of young people at our church. Um, and then in high school, I had, I had a few. Um, my music teacher, was one who was also really instrumental, um, my choir teacher, um, mm -hmm. but I was also in the band, so the band instructor was not. Um, and then I went to Howard University, so okay. I was inundated with, sure. with um, black professors. Um, but that was really powerful for me mm -hmm. as a black girl coming up in school, um, having those teachers, there was something really affirming about that. And of course, it's what inspired me to want to be a teacher too. Yeah, I my my eighth grade English teacher, Miss McAway, I loved her. I loved her class. I loved the way she taught. Mm -hmm. I loved the way she talked. I loved the way she dressed. I just I just loved her class. And it 
I think it did contribute to me actually becoming a teacher. I think and an she, English teacher. And an English teacher <laughs> at that. She was just such a wonderful, wonderful educator. She was also our class advisor too. And mm -hmm. she had a way of kind of bringing kids together. And, you know, Willingboro was um, at that point, you know, very, very racially diverse. And everybody just loved her. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, she came to our 25th, high school class reunion, still sharp as ever, Miss mm -hmm. McAway. Um, but it was, it, it, she had a very, very profound impact on me. Wow. And it mattered yeah. that she was in front of the classroom. It yeah. really mattered. Yeah. yeah. What was interesting was when I was in kindergarten and first grade, I learned this as an adult, and I may have said this in a previous podcast, it was a time in Illinois where they were diversifying the teacher workforce. Mm -hmm. Now that was back in the 70s um, <laughs> and you know here we are 2023 yeah. and a big part of the conversation in education is the same as it was when I was sure. five and six years old yeah which I think is incredible I know I mean it's been you know 20 30 years 30 mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. really and we're still you know, trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. no, it's been one thirty. Longer than thirty years. No. And longer. Longer. Okay. Not quite so fifty, but more than in more close. more than forty years. Yeah. You know, we're we're still trying to figure it out, and I I think that just really speaks to, you know, I I think there are some strides we're making, but not nearly as as much as 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 we should. I think it speaks to just the systemic nature mm -hmm. of this challenge that we're having in this in the way of representation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, here's something that's really interesting um, that we didn't we didn't chat about this when we were prepping for today's podcast. But, um, you know, I remember reading something about some of the unintended consequences of um, Brown v. Board. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, students were starting to be bused, when black students were starting to be bused yeah. to, you know, white schools, um, what that ended up meaning in many cases was that there were some schools that the black students attended that were either shut down yeah. or teachers lost their jobs mm -hmm. and the white schools were not hiring black teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there was a whole wave of, you know, teachers that were displaced um, sadly, um, and unfortunately, um, and there were a lot of like challenges, um, especially when those black students were um, bused, you know, to integrate white sure. schools. You know, those students did not have allies, many of them, in their schools. They didn't have, they were not, they were no longer in affirming spaces. That's right. And they no longer had teachers who, you know, um, overarchingly, if you will, um, cared enough about creating those affirming spaces for students. Not that some, you know, were not good because obviously there were some that were amazing. Sure. Um, just like, you know, there are plenty of amazing teachers out there who don't look like you and me. Okay. But, um, you know, that season in America's history was actually a really challenging season. Yeah, it, it was, it was. And, and there was no, it, during that time, you know, when we had scores of, you know, black teaching professionals 
who lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. There was no thought given to the fact that these individuals knew the kids, you know, knew they were members of the community. Knew their families. They knew their families. And now you had kids who were going into spaces where, like you said, there were no, there were no allies. And it just made for, um, you know, we've seen some of the footage, but we've only seen the, the footage of the kids trying to get into the building. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there, there are accounts of, you know, just the challenges that, that kids had mm -hmm. trying to not only get along with their peers, but also kind of gain the respect of their teachers. Right, right, right. And there were challenges academically and, mm -hmm. and socially. And so, you know, had there been a black teacher presence, you know, along with the, the, the black students who were being integrated, you know, into these, these, these spaces, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it would have been a, a different story, certainly, mm -hmm. certainly. And, you know, even in those times, you know, um, white parents, especially some in the, in the South, were not interested in their children being taught That's by right. black teachers. Right. Um, and um, I remember seeing, um, it was circulating on the Internet some time ago, uh, a letter that was written to a black teacher by a school district, you know, back in the, I want to say the 60s. Mm -hmm. Um, basically saying that, you know, they would not, um, their services would not be needed. Um, yes, and that I they, think I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I wish I had had a copy of that. Um, but it was really, it was indicative of that time um, and was, you know, really sad, um, sad depiction of what was going on in our country as it, you know, related to, um, to teachers of color mm -hmm. and here we are in 2023 and there's this push again for teachers of color yeah. and it's there's a you know there's a big piece of of there's a reason behind that mm -hmm. so you know the research has shown you know a lot of things but first i want to just kind of backtrack a little bit and just talk about the um what it looks like so in our country you know 80 percent of the the teaching workforce are white teachers while you know 20 percent are mm -hmm. teachers of color yeah and not all of those teachers of color are black teachers right. um, but they are you know teachers of color and so our student population is predominantly um students of color That's right. so you know in our country now more than half of our students are students of color yes and so what happens is it creates this cultural mismatch mm -hmm. um, that doesn't have to be a bad thing when teachers have, you know, cultural competence sure. and when they're culturally responsive and sustaining in their practice. Um, but oftentimes there is a cultural mismatch yeah. that can be, you know, negative and that can create challenges for students of color. Yeah, I mean, we, we do a lot of work with schools around, you know, culturally responsive and, and sustaining pedagogy. But, you know, the truth is culture, you know, very often, and, and we talk a lot about sort of like what is culture, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we do some work around cultural reference. And when we talk about culture, we kind of think about, you know, language and, and food and music and, and all the things that people tend to enjoy in, in other cultures. And we think less about sort of the non-visible markers of culture. Mm -hmm. So our definitions of respect and our, our thoughts around, you know, role status according to age and, and gender. gender and 
those kinds of things. Um, we also, you know, have very different styles of communication and understanding that, understanding not only our own cultural reference, but understanding someone else's mm -hmm. and that, you know, what you <laughs> might think of as what someone might think of as threatening, you know, might just be a way of expression, an expression of, mm -hmm. of another emotion mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. it could be joy, it could be sadness, it could be surprise. And so, you know, part of the challenge that we have around, you know, the lack of representation of teachers of color is sort of the lack of the cultural connection. Um, and like you said, the cultural mismatch doesn't have to be a bad thing, but there does have to be it's not a bad thing when a teacher of another culture says, I'm going to commit to being culturally you know, responsive and really understanding the cultural backgrounds that, that my students come from. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we see enough of that. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. think we see enough and, of that. And representation really matters. It matters. You know, and it matters. Not just in the classroom, but in the workplace and sure. in every aspect of, of society. And I remember when I was... Um, you know, when I was a, a, a principal and um, and I remember the, the little girls like, you know, wanting to follow me around mm -hmm. um, and I didn't realize initially what that was about. And then I realized it's representation. Yes. You know, because they hadn't seen anyone that looked like me in this role. Yes. And now they know for for that this is a possibility for them. Yes. You know, it's just like you and I have had conversations about how much we love math and science or technology or whatever yes. when we were children. And I loved it. I loved math. Like when I was a kid, people would say, yeah. what's your favorite subject? <laughs> math. You know, you know, where, mm -hmm. you know, it was something that was like really like fun for yeah. me. Like I loved, you know, solving problems. And um, but I never saw any representation in my community in the STEM fields. No. I just yeah. I didn't I didn't know people yes. who were engineers that look like me. Yep. I didn't even know that was an option. I, I had no idea. There were not even black math or science teachers. So yeah. I didn't even see yeah. it represented in the yeah. content in, in school, let alone, you know, in yep. the in the larger world. You're right. Absolutely. I didn't have any I didn't I can't think no of black one. Black math teachers, no black science teachers. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. And that that representation, it, mm -hmm. it does. It does matter. Like I said, I think I patterned myself after Miss McElway in, right. in, in so many ways. And it wasn't even that she was super duper nice because there were times when she challenged us. I mean, we did not play, yeah. you know, when it came to. But there was a um, I, I, I share this a lot about how in, um, you know, when we talk about cultural reference, body language is very much cultural. Sure. So is eye control, believe mm -hmm. it or not, right? So, well, you know, but so in my home, I could roll my, I, I could not roll my eyes at my mother, mm -hmm. right? My mother oh, would say, no. don't you? Oh, I got, I got <laughs> my grandmother <laughs> took me to the bathroom one time <laughs> and lit up my behind over your eyes, eyes again, again not right? ever again. It was yes. like, close them. <laughs> Don't even think about it. <laughs> so that's very cultural because in school with my white teachers, I could I could do that. And it was very disrespectful and I knew it, but I knew that they weren't going to say, I could not do that with Miss McAway. Yeah, don't I believe you? that. And she would say, don't you even try, right? <laughs> like in class, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That matters. Yeah. That matters. Mm -hmm. And so for a teacher 
to be able to really understand, you know, those 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 cultural those cultural reference. You know, kids need that. They do. Kids need they that. Do. And they need to see that it's a possibility. When I was I remember when I was teaching, one of the things that um, my particularly my black female students, you know, I taught high school. Mm -hmm. And um, I went into, I, I had taught, I had worked somewhere for 12 years. So when I went into the classroom, I was in my late 30s. And so, and at the time I had gone natural and there wasn't a whole lot of natural hair. There is now, but yes. there, at that time, there really wasn't a whole lot of like um, unprocessed or unpermed or whatever, unrelaxed um, hair for, for African-American women. My black female students would talk about my hair and not in a bad way it's like how did you do that like well i just didn't you know well but how did you get it you know and we would talk a lot about about hair i don't know if my hair would do that and just the conversation just to be able to talk to an adult about something like hair to have just a human conversation right. Right. about that you know it mattered right. it mattered that they you know saw themselves it mattered that they could say to a teacher you know, you know, Miss Leek, you know how when this happens, you know, and and then to be able to say to their their um, their their classmates, what we mean is, you know, like that kind of that mattered to them. It, did. it mattered it that did. there was representation in the classroom. Yeah, you created an affirming space. For yes. Them. Yeah, yes. that's that's kind of like how Mrs. Betty Clark, my first grade teacher, mm -hmm. you know, I talk about her all the time. <laughs> um, but I loved her. She was my inspiration for wanting to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, again, that representation yes. mattered. Having had her as a teacher really made an impact. So when I started teaching, I started in middle school and I realized that was not for me. And so then I went down to kindergarten and although it wasn't first grade, um, you know, it was, I loved it. And mm. as like, I was channeling Mrs. Clark in the classroom, you know, building those relationships with my students. And I was in a, a district that was an urban district. Um, and so I really could connect with mm, my kids. Yeah. Um, but then when I worked in the, um, in a suburban district, um, I still was able to connect with my kids, even though some of those kids didn't look like me. Yeah. And, you know, the parents were, um, you know, I don't know what they thought of me initially, but in the end, they loved me, sure. you know, and for their children to have exposure to a, a black teacher was really important for them because as they grow up. So what I found is when I talked to teachers, I remember talking to um, a group of honored educators in our state several years ago. And the vast majority of them were white teachers who were like the teachers of the year. And they were sharing, I was doing a session with them um, that was related to educational equity. And they were sharing how they felt cheated as children growing up in the school system because one, they didn't have very, they had very little exposure mm. to, um, to anything outside of, you know, they, they didn't really have a lot of exposure about black history. They didn't have a lot of exposure um, to black people. They had no black teachers that they could reference. And they often talked about when they went to college, that was their fo first exposure for some of them sure, yeah. to diversity and they felt cheated. So now they're in the classrooms as teachers, but they're obviously doing amazing work in the classrooms, having been recognized as honored educators. Um, but they realized what was missing. And many of them have been really intentional about learning about what they didn't know. So sure. they can be more, more culturally competent in their classrooms that are growing much more, you know, growing in diversity 
in ways that they hadn't necessarily seen you know, in their careers. I think that's the key mm -hmm. word though, that intention. There's a real intentionality yeah. about you know, being culturally responsive mm -hmm. and about learning about just another group's experience and another way to you know, relate and another kind of cultural background. Yeah. I think I think that's that that's really important. And you know, I I think the other thing that's really important is that, you know, black teachers matter not just to black kids. Yes. Right? right? Yes. Right? Not just to black kids. Like when kids see a diverse representation of humanity in their lives, yes. it makes them a lot more aware, it makes them a lot more, you know, they can access cultural competence a lot easier because they've been exposed to it. Right. It's not a big deal to see a black, or you, they don't have a hard time with other, you know, people of other racial backgrounds or cultural backgrounds in charge right. or working with them right. or in right. their communities. Yep. It's not that big of a deal, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. they've seen it and they've been exposed to it, right? And but we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Like this is still this is still a challenge. Um, so why only... do you think that is though? Why is it such a challenge? So you know, first of all, um, it right now we're in a, a time and a space where just there's a teacher shortage. Period. So that in and of itself is a challenge. Students don't want to go into That's education. True. That's true. Um, and we see, you know, there's a lot more stressors placed on teachers. That's another conversation um, that may not necessarily be related to the work that we do. But um, but those stressors are also stressors for black teachers. So, you know, black teachers may be in spaces where they are the minority um, and they may not have um, the kind of support that they need. Sure. Um, they may be isolated. They may be given the most difficult students, um, but not having being given the support to help them in that process. Sure. Um, and in in being isolated. So think about like this whole isolation thing. So if you're in a community and in that community, you don't feel like you belong because mm -hmm. you're isolated because people don't connect with you. Yes. They're not building relationships with right. you. Um, that then makes for a really difficult work environment. It does. It does. And you don't have a voice. Right. So right. you don't have, you know, you hear about different teachers who had the agency to, you know, request this for their schedule right. or this group of kids or mm -hmm. this course. Mm -hmm. And you you hear about it, but you don't have that. Mm -hmm. You hear about teachers who say this this cannot happen in my classroom and it's happening in your classroom all the time. And you're like, well, how did they get to decide, you know, sort of, you know, their students or their coursework or when their prep is, how did they get access to these resources? And I so you don't have a voice. How do they get to decide not to teach this part of the curriculum? Mm -hmm. And like, so how does that happen? And it's really sort of sometimes it's the it's the formal, but a lot of times it's the it's the informal. And I can remember, you know, in the department that I stepped into at that time, I was the only African-American mm -hmm. in, in my the only African-American English teacher in this district. And there were other new teachers coming in, but because I was like in my late 30s rather than my early 20s, like I wasn't fresh out of college, there was another layer of, of isolation. Mm. And so 
there were things that were happening in these like um, these groups of of teachers that who, who were all white, you know, um, and, and they were good teachers. It's just that I wasn't really able to access that community until I started to insist on some things. Mm -hmm. And at that by then I, I said, yeah, I don't care because I was non tenured. I don't care if they let go of me or not, but I'm not this is not going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this or sure. I'm not going to sure. allow this to happen in this area and not in this area. Um, and you think about like, you know, like you said, te you said earlier that teaching is is happens in isolation mm -hmm. um, and it does. You talked about in the, that in a previous in a previous podcast, podcast mm -hmm. that, that teaching happens in, in isolation. And sometimes what happens is teachers actually get the opportunity to represent the district in like these larger kinds of and and you know the people that get selected to represent the district very often are not the african-american teachers because we we are relied on for like discipline like yep. i don't know what to do with this kid could you with that happens yes. so many yes. times with we me. hear we hear that now yes with black teachers and it's so in exhausting spaces where they're where they where they are the minority yes right they feel that they don't have support and then they may also face and, and the research is showing that you know a lot of black teachers may face um, racial discrimination yes. you know that is what also contributes to that isolation mm -hmm. they may face microaggressions yes. that otherwise might not exist if they were in spaces that were more affirming because <clears throat> saving the saving you know dis the, the the kids that we have that have discipline challenges that you you know the administration or other teachers don't know what to saving them for the african american teachers is a microaggression. Yes. That's a microaggression. Maybe macro. Maybe a macroaggression. Yeah, yeah. You know, like this assumption, or even if they are, even if they are really sort of competent in, you know, um, um, addressing some of the, you know, challenges that a kid might have, you know, rather than sort of always funneling the, you know, kids to them, why not give them, you know, the opportunity to teach their colleagues, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? how to operate in this space where kids are having really good outcomes with them. Right, you which know, is why really raising the, the cultural responsiveness yes. of, the, of the instructors. Yes. And so what happens, you know, black teachers are not wanting to stay right. in the school system. That's right. They don't, they don't want to work there That's anymore right. That's right. Um, because they're not feeling supported That's right. as they need. They're not feeling like their needs are being met. Um, you know, they're not given the same level of resources or access to right. opportunities for advancement. Um, right. And it really is, um, you know, it's a negative situation sure. for them. Sure. Um, and so, you know, school districts have a, have a responsibility to, you know, create spaces that are affirming for, you know, black educators. Um, and what what does that mean? Like, you know, when we talk about like, what what does an affirming space look like? If if this is the only black educator in your district, what does it mean? And, yeah. and you know, what do you think it means to have an affirming space? Well, first, if you have someone who's the only black educator in your district, maybe you should get another one. <laughs> like maybe you should hire, like try sure. to find, you know, um, um, someone else. But I also think, you know, giving that individual a voice, you know, we know that this is not ideal. We know that we need to, you know, increase the diversity in, in the teaching, you know, um, workspace. But we also want to make sure that you 
feel valued, mm -hmm. that we value you, That's the key. you as, That's it, right yes, there. we value you as an educator. Right. You're not a token. You're not a token. Right. You are here because we fully recognize your qualifications right. and the value that you bring to the professional community and to the student community right. and to the school community at large. And I right. don't think black educators hear that very often. Right. Or not often enough. And not you know? often and enough. So, I mean, I, I was in I was in spaces where, as an educator, I I must say positively that I was affirmed. Yeah. Um. You know, even when I was in the suburban district working as a teacher, um. You know, my um, supervisors. You know, they were black and white. Um. You know, and they they were very affirming. They saw the value that I brought to the classroom, yeah. and I felt supported. Um. There weren't a lot of us mm -hmm. in that school system, mm -hmm. but. I was, um, I felt valued and that made a difference. So for me, feeling valued meant that I could be more confident mm -hmm. in my role as a teacher and that I can, you know, um, I can create high expectations for my students. I can, you know, have a classroom that's fun and enjoyable and, you know, all the things that, that need to happen to create wonderful experiences for students. I was able to, to do that and I felt supported in what I did. And I feel that I was valued, but I had to prove my value. Mm. I felt like white teachers that came in, they got the benefit of the doubt. And I felt like I had to prove that I was a good teacher. Wow. And it, it was only after I proved that, that I was good, not with the black students, but with the white students and the Hispanic students and the Asians. Once I proved that, then there was value, but I, there, it was a heavier lift for me, yeah, for me. Yeah. And so as we think about the, um, you know, you know, just retaining and also, you know, attracting black teachers and to the classroom. understanding why they matter. And understanding why they matter. Value is key. Yes. Value yes. is key. Yeah. And we challenge you to, you know, think about what is the environment that you're creating for your black teachers, yeah. you know, yeah. and whether or not you are affirming them and supporting them and, you know, creating an environment where they feel like they belong. That's the key, you know, and it, it makes it much more attractive yeah. to bring in more black teachers because we know that black teachers matter for all kids. Yes, they do. So we invite you to just share with us your experiences in, you know, um, supporting and valuing your, your, your black teachers in, in your district. And we look forward to you joining the conversation. Yeah, thank so. you so much for joining us. Again, I'm Tanya. And I'm Erica. Take, Take care, care, everybody.